just a 10-minute light rail ride from the heart of Denver on the fifth floor of the Lamont School of Music, there is a rose. It is 10 feet tall and wide and hewn from stone. The panes of glass set into the petals bring the glorious Rocky Mountains into view. On the other side of the glass, Lamont musicians sit down to discuss the world of music behind and beyond that window. This is the Rose Room. Welcome back to The Rose Room, y'all. I'm your host, Ruby Pacillo, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to the geniuses behind the Orpheus Arts Collective. So how are you all doing tonight? Oh, we're really good. Great. We're really good. We're doing well. You're giving Ethan and I more credit than we deserve. <laughs> yeah, the genius is Bridget here. So I'm very fortunate to sit here with Bridget Hartman, who I would probably call the original Orpheus mastermind. She's a Lamont alum who graduated with a degree in jazz saxophone and who is also a burgeoning bassist and artist among about a million other things. So how are you, Bridget? I'm doing well today, Ruby. How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thanks for asking. And I also have Ethan Michael here who graduated Lamont last year with a degree in jazz guitar and who can play and sing about any style of music under the sun. So what's good, Ethan? Hi, Ruby. (laughs) it's good everything's going great (laughs) and our third guest is kevin sincata who is currently finishing up his undergraduate degree in recording and production and is one of my very favorite producers and artists in denver how you doing kev hi ruby (laughs) doing well doing very well today happy for thanksgiving feeling thankful Word. So I've had the good fortune to attend a few Orpheus events at this point, but it's still really hard to define exactly what Orpheus is and what it does and how it works. So can you three try to define the collective and its mission for us and also tell me what are each of your roles? I'd love to hear from Bridget first. Yeah, so that is a hard question. Um, It's kind of evolved over the, it's been going for two years, I guess, I guess two and a half, but COVID's been a thing for this year. Um, But over those two years, it really just grew as an idea and uh, has morphed into different things. It started off just as an idea of a music festival. I sent out an email to this one place in Glenwood my friend had been to, which was just like a nice, um, it was like a bed and breakfast inn with a cool like barn in the backyard where my friend and I were like, it'd be fun once we all come back from abroad to like have some of our bands play there and just have a good time and reconnect. And then they forwarded my email to Sunlight Mountain Resort and they used to do um, music festivals there in Glenwood Springs at that resort in the 80s and they wanted to start to bring it back. So they said that we could use their property if we brought the artists and the musicians and it kind of just started from there. Um, I grabbed all of my close friends, including Ethan and Kevin, and um, my roommates at the time. We were called The Mothership. If you've heard of The Mothership, we had some great music parties. Um, yeah, they all helped me raise money, reach out to musicians and artists. And that first year was just like a major party in the mountains with 200 of our good friends playing music. And then from there, we just wanted to keep raising money and do it again. And it gained some recognition from people in Glenwood who helped fund our second year um, and make it try to make it a bigger thing. Here is a recording of the whimsy of things playing the web at the Orpheus Music and Arts Festival in 2019. 
to make the bigger things possible, we started throwing happenings and that's kind of where the collective birthed. And I think the collective has run stronger than the festival itself because we've just been able to do smaller events around so many local venues in Denver, house shows. We've been able to have visual artists display work, live artists do work for bands, including Kevin here. And um, from there, that was the fun part for me. I kind of fell more in love with the smaller events than the festival because there was just more to do with it, such as the storyline, which we'll talk about later. But that's kind of how it evolved. It was an email to a festival, to a collective. Um, with a bunch of help from different friends that just kind of wanted to do fun, artsy things. Yeah, and my, I guess my role in that was um, organizing and reaching out to venues and just hanging out with homies and meeting new artists and trying to get them involved. Yeah. Totally. And I think one of the other reasons that we kind of grew more towards happenings is we kind of realized like the magic of our friends and like this community, like our friends of friends and our friends of friends of friends and kind of just like the Denver music and art scene at large and wanted to be, and everyone's just like a little island of themselves, you know, trying like making incredible work. So it was nice to be able to like create something where we could help not even like really help but like i don't know just advertise and promote and give gigs to and um like different people and have different people in different scenes like meet each other and see what that spawns because so much of our work over the past year or so has been much more interdisciplinary and like meeting all of these interesting people at the happenings like even for us we meet all sorts of interesting people at them that we don't know and that happens for like all the musicians and new things can arise from that. My favorite random person we met is this guy I met at this place called Nude City Relief. And they're a great house show venue on um, Broadway. But he was doing visuals and he kept doing these visuals of these wild dogs. And I just kept thinking of Camila. And I was like, this is great. I need to get him to do visuals at an Orpheus performance. And so I hired him to do visuals at the Broadway Roxy, which was one of my favorite events we can talk about later. And he just showed up with this complete analog setup and a theremin. And like he was like messing around with the visuals with the theremin and everything. And um, that was my favorite person. Like, I was really nervous to hire somebody I didn't know and show up to an event. But he was there before I was. Did a show there the week before. And was, he was just awesome. And he does a lot of cool things um, with Oxide Daisy and Stay Collage and a bunch of other people in Denver. And yeah, Danny. Danny. I need to look up his last name. I, yeah, I'm going to mispronounce it, but his name's Danny. More information can be found on him later. Yeah, I feel like all the best things that... I feel like Orpheus is at its best when it's just kind of trying to make the most of the people immediately surrounding it who are just kind of I think the best thing about Bridget is people just kind of throw ideas at her and then she basically says yeah we can turn that into something and then most of the time you do <laughs> and it's like not only does it become something it becomes something very memorable that's really representative of you know just kind of like we were hanging out Someone said something, and then we kind of ran with it. So I think Orpheus is really just thrives with spontaneity, I say, is a big thing. So you've all talked a lot about the people that are involved in Orpheus, and I know that we have the three of you here, but I'm interested in hearing about 
some of the other people that have been kind of core contributors to the collective? Yeah, I think the the biggest lesson I've learned with Orpheus is it's not hard to work with people, but it's hard to grow with people. So that was one of my first big lessons with the people I chose to work with. Um, there were these uh, my good friends at the time, Aaron and Mihana. We would just get together every week and um, talk through a bunch of different um, just logistics and stuff. And it was working out for a while, but they were a decent amount older than me and had other things and job opportunities coming before I was out of school and it was getting hard to work with them and they were moving on to other things. And so then that um, I looked around and I was like, wow, there are so many other people that have also been helping me this whole time and want to keep contributing more and more. And that is when Kevin's been there very much so the whole time with all of the art. And then Ethan came in really heavy handed and helped me a lot with going and canvassing and hanging up posters and talk. He's really good at talking to businesses, which I'm awful at. So he became extremely helpful in that. And Camila just is great. She sends emails with me when I'm feeling stressed out. Anna helps me. She is looking into grants with me and she's a great writer. Aaron Yazzie and Lauren Schultz are two people that kind of came in this time last year and helped me a whole bunch with more of our like avant-garde projects, like the piano and stuff, because they were great at coding and just um, structures and visual art. And they've been some of my closest friends I've made from this that I probably wasn't as close with beforehand, but I'm really happy they're in my life now. So that's like the core to me. Anna, Camila, Ethan, Kevin, Lauren, Aaron. And then there's always more. There's always more people that surprise me or reach out or the people that always come to the events, like my roommates, Lily Gross. She's somebody that helped us with sustainability and reaching out to like a compost company for the festival and all of that. It's just kind of an endless list, I feel like. That, that's not even to mention any of like the musicians yeah. that play at our events. <laughs> K-Dubs has been an avid supporter the whole time. Dan Dew's reached out. It's Venus, Venus Cruz. And... Yeah, Wes Watkins. It's been crazy. Awesome. So at a recent Orpheus event, guests were handed booklets of poetry written by someone that you mentioned before, um, Anna Panella, who I think collaborates with you somewhat frequently. Um, and that poetry supposedly outlined this sort of fable of Orpheus that you've come up with that sort of guides the trajectory of the collective. So can you tell me about the Orpheus fable? Yeah, that idea started with we were starting to get really into happenings. And um, Anna did this poetry display uh, for us at one of our events when we displayed the piano. It was a piano we made that triggered sounds. We kind of turned an upright piano into a MIDI keyboard. She wrote this beautiful poem, and then we wanted to get her more involved. And so she wrote this origin story, which was this like beautiful piece, kind of just setting up this idea of another world, more or less. And we had Kevin here draw some visuals to it. Um, and then, that was called the Anarchic Jungle. We could go into Jeez. that. Yeah. Oh, we could, and then, yeah, it was, that was the origin story. And then Prisma was one of the worlds within this origin story that we were going to run with at a second event. But that was the day that Denver went into a shutdown. So we canceled that. Um, we have a lot more of the story written. Yeah. It's surrounded mostly about, it's like um, almost like an ancient like future. 
like um like different world where other creatures are discovering some of the similar kinds of things that we have in art like dance and color and electricity and it's how these different almost like tribes all kind of come about these different um mediums and then you know where the story is leading is how they converge and what that happens so our goal is at the events to almost make you feel like you were like in that tribe like at the prisma event well we didn't have we had everything so planned before to shut down art installations out the wazoo the most colorful bands we could find to just all kind of contribute to this idea of a lira dancer lira dancer yeah Yeah. to just contribute to this idea of like what would a society do if they just discovered color yeah and then the next event we were going to have would have been at seventh circle and that was going to be electronautica and that was going to be the electricity realm yeah an arctic jungle was sound yeah that was sound we We had more like improvisatory bands that were playing with electronics making more like kind of spacey sounds um you know to very elemental very elemental elemental music yeah to kind of contribute to this i like you know multi-dimensional like otherworldly quality of the event and then bridget even made another instrument (laughs) out of it's kind of like an acrylic bass but you know there's not a word for this instrument because it was invented by bridget (laughs) I was, well, with the piano, the piano was we, like, Kevin, Aaron, and I soldered a bunch of wires and, like, made these copper finishes at the heads of them to trigger these sounds on the piano, and I thought it'd be cool to have a bass, and so I, like, had my landlord at the time let me use his wood shop in our garage and show me how to use the things, and he was great. He was cool. He helped me with all the dimensions and, like, gave me all these tips on how to cut acrylic, and I formed, like, a base, and my friend Aaron and I put these, like, touch-sensitive pads on them where when you touch it, it triggers the different sounds, and they were all sounds of jungles. My favorite sound in there was the cicadas. I love cicadas. Yeah. Um, I think one of the interesting things for me is how everyone that's helping in any aspect of Orpheus has kind of contributed to the story that we're writing at the same time. Like I remember like the three of us all got together and had like a million ideas that we rambled off to Anna about this like other world. And then she wrote like, you know, a draft of a story that, you know, was a lot of her ideas and a lot of our ideas all together. And then I started drawing scenes from the different like aspects of it. And then Anna went back and like re like edited what she had already written to like include some of what I drew, but she didn't say and things like that. It, I feel like the yeah, ideas are all like that, bouncing around. I think mm-hmm. Orpheus has always been very give and take. Just like I have one idea and then somebody else has another. And what is initially two separate ideas very naturally becomes one idea. And that takes way too many different shapes. Like you can take a painting that either one of Bridget or Kevin could make. Or it could be, you know, like bands collaborating. It could really be anything. It's just a lot of give and take, I think, is what kind of dictates the story as well as dictates you know, the events when we were fortunate enough to have them. So I think Orpheus at its best is really a lot of back and forth 
between Bridget kind of spearheading everything and then Kevin and I follow suit. And then basically anybody who's got any idea and can tell it to Bridget's ear has a pretty good shot at contributing something. So, so yeah. it's very collaborative, which I think is what makes it an arts collective and, you know, much more than just the music festival. And it also ties a lot of, I think Denver has a lot of, I mean, obviously it has a lot of artists and musicians, but Kevin mentioned how everyone's, you know, especially now, very isolated. It's easy to feel that you're not really so much in a scene as much as you might want to be. And I think Orpheus can, it ties a lot of strings together in a lot of positive ways. Like just having three different bands that might normally not be on the same bill, be on the same bill at one of our events is, you know, like that's very unique. All in the name of collaboration. And I think what's been really beautiful for me about some of the happenings and like some of like the compliments that have meant the most about our events is just everyone feeling like very like welcomed and like you might not know everybody who's there. You almost definitely don't. But you wouldn't mind meeting any of them. Like everyone's very open and happy to be there and happy. Like it's kind of like if you're the kind of person that wants to be at one of these events, you're probably going to get along just fine with everyone else there. Like I remember after Anarchic Jungle um, or during it, both Eman and uh, Ben from Dandy mm-hmm. like were posting like great hang at syntax yeah. tonight. And it wasn't just like concert, it wasn't just like event, it was just a hang. That was definitely my favorite event. That was just one of those events where I had I had reached out to all the bands in I think September for the January show. And just booked it all ahead of time and like couldn't really believe that people like Venus and Dandu or and Caitlin Williams were all gonna be on a lineup. And then I got really nervous. I was like, Oh, I don't know every people need to see these bands play. I don't know who's gonna come and we had live art, and we had Kevin's art and the poems, and then be, like I think like two hundred people came. It was basically they were over capacity, and Syntax took zero percent at the door, which is what a way to support your musicians. So we got to give that all right back to the musicians and everything, which was the best feeling in the world. It was so great, and like, you just walk around, and I knew everybody there, and they were all talking and. You could see all the people that had met at the festival the summer before had come to that one and were like seeing people they met there for the first time since the summer and they were all like stoked to see each other. It was great. Was that was that this year? That was, was that January? Yeah, it was in January. This year. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. This year started much different. Yeah, this year took uh, fall. But- You know, we're still out here creating. Word. I was going to say, speaking of this year, I know that a lot of musicians' lives have kind of gone on hold. And I think for Orpheus as a collective, I know that Orpheus is taking a step back for a minute, just waiting till you can start making happenings happen again. But for the three of you... You've been doing a really amazing project recently. You've been delving into the world of surf rock. And I'm very, very intrigued to hear about your band, The Beach People, and your upcoming album release. Please just plug away shamelessly. Tell us everything about the surf rock world. This is Welcome to Cowabunga Island by The Beach People.
So we all got locked down together. I was. Kevin and I were living together, and Bridget frequents our house. So we were locked in for two weeks. I was pretty and, much um, living alone too, so I was just over there. <laughs> so yeah. it was just kind of this time, and back then we really thought that it would just be like two weeks, maybe a month of um, being locked down. So we thought, hey, you know, like Bridget, you've been, you picked up a bass like earlier this year. What if we did some more of that? Like I'll just, <laughs> and like I thought, I'll just learn how to play drums. And Ethan has always been an incredible guitarist that can carry both of our, um, our um, novice musicianship <laughs> yes. on these new instruments. Um, actually, this is a, little, a Lamont podcast. It kind of started when Lynn Baker had us, when we were in his like pop musicology, and he has all of his yeah. students make bands and cover like old rock songs or funk songs, you know, old songs. Um <laughs> And that's when Bridget first started playing bass. And you that's can't when, choose your own instrument in that class is the, is the catch. Yeah, yeah, like, you can't do that. Gotta do something new. And that's when I, like, first ever played a drum set. And then, um, yeah, you know, with infinite time on your hand, it's not too hard to crank out an album in a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of all started. Kevin, Kevin um, is a great drummer now, but was real str- really struggling at the beginning. And the first, like, beat that he could hold down was a surf rock beat. And then the joke, we should make a surf rock album. It really proposed. spiraled out and of it control. Really just spiraled you mean it whirlpooled out of control. <laughs> but yeah, then we made a second album. And this now we're year. expecting your second album. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually. When is that coming out? Well, tonight. it'll be out. It's out. It's already out. Future listeners. Yeah, to when the you hear this. Where can we hear out. it? Bandcamp only. <laughs> Yes! Shouts out Bandcamp. That is the best website. Bandcamp sponsor us. (laughs) Bandcamp is the best website for musicians. They support the heck out of musicians. They're awesome. (laughs) Well, um, it's been a very creative endeavor for all of us because we all, I think, in one way or another, really stepped outside of our normal um, musical practice in one way or another. Yeah, I would have never guessed... That I would, I don't know, I just went into like jazz school being like, yes, the saxophone. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I can play the saxophone and leaving it just like with the, Lamont's a lot of things, but the people there are the best that people you'll probably ever meet creatively. It's just kind of a crazy place for creativity and people trying new things and pushing boundaries. And if you just take a chance to like hang out with people and talk and cool things come from it. <laughs> if there's anything that the beach people in mentioning boundaries, I feel like uh, Kevin really learning the drums as we wrote the album <laughs> provides a lot of limitation. But then you really learn how to color inside the lines. <laughs> and we were, we got really good at being very colorful inside the <laughs> the lines <laughs> that Kevin gave us. The metaphorical lines of surf rock. Well, you guys have done so much amazing work inside the lines, but also so far outside the lines with Orpheus. And there's just so much more to expect. And I'm really, really excited to see what the next happening is going to be, what the next fest is going to be, what the next project is going to be. Thank you guys so much for talking to the Rose Room tonight. And I'm sure all of you will show up on this podcast at some point in the future because 
this was just the tip of the iceberg of Bridget Hartman and Ethan Michael and Kevin Sincata. So thank you all so much. Okay, well, Ruby, thank you thank for you, thinking Ruby. of us. Thanks so much, Ruby, yes. for talking to us. Amazing. And thank you, Rose right. Room. And, yes. uh, thank you, the Rose Room. Thank so, you, Rose Room. Do we have to do one more clap at the end? <laughs> one, two, yeah, let's three. all do a clap together. Oh, that one was good. Oh, you missed it, Ruby. Ruby, we do it after four. There's one, a laugh. two, three, a laugh. four, clap. Oh, that was a good one. Thank you, Orpheus. We love you. The Rose Room loves you. Lamont loves you. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to our season one finale of The Rose Room with Orpheus. We will be back with a fun little episode for the holidays, but our regularly scheduled content will be back on January 11th. Until then, please enjoy a clip of the conch shell by the Beach People on their new album. If you have any questions, suggestions, or would like to be featured on a future podcast, please contact us at lamontroseroom at gmail.com. Thanks.